Super Talk Mississippi media production. Talk to former Mississippi State Bulldog Daniel Boy, who played in the 1991 Egg Bowl, which is what we're going to focus on uh, here today. Daniel, one thing that I don't know is getting enough play right now is this is the 30th anniversary of the return to campus. You know, all those games in Jackson from, uh, I want to say, 71 on through 90, and then the first game back on campus was in 1991 uh, here in Starkville. You know, for being a player, what was the difference from having to bus up and go down to Jackson to having that game on campus for the first time? Well, the, the, the fact that your fans are in their home stadium, it gives the home team a little advantage. Uh, I think it was a great move. I think it was long needed. Um, I never enjoyed uh, playing in Jackson as much as I did in Starkville or even in Oxford. There's something about the feeling of the fans and um, people wanting to show up and sort of defend their home turf with making a lot of noise and making it hard for the opposing team. Those sorts of things are exciting. It was a great move. It was well uh, uh, done and was well overdue. And so you're asking me about things 30 years ago now. That makes me a little bit older than I woke up feeling this morning. <laughs> I, I knew that was going to hit you the wrong way. That's right. That's right. 30 way. years. Yeah. And so I, I need to preface everything I say about the 91 Eggbo then in that 30 years ago, uh, you know, there are times when my wife accuses me of, of, you know, not remembering what she told me to do in the last hour, much less 30 years ago. It's going to be funny, though, when she listens to this interview and you have perfect recollection of everything that happened in this game. And she's going to be like, what? Exactly. Uh, That day on campus, you know, obviously, you know, you play home games and there's an atmosphere and there's a a feeling on campus. Was it noticeably different that day with Ole Miss coming in? Absolutely. I remember it was a cool, crisp day, a good fall day. Weather was very nice. Uh, It was excitement. Uh, There was energy. There was buzz just in class during the the week leading up to the time that people were, you know, about to go home for Thanksgiving, that sort of thing. And it was fun. Uh, we felt like we had a pretty good team that year. We had stumbled a couple of occasions that we shouldn't have. And we were playing for a bowl invite, as was Ole Miss, as I recall. And it was Coach Cheryl's first year there. So, Uh, There were a lot of new things happening to the team. We were kind of learning how to win and be a program that you could expect to show up and win a game. You know, when you look back at this game, there was only one game's difference in the records between you and Ole Miss at the time. You guys came in at six and four and Ole Miss came in at five and five. But it kind of felt like this was the culmination of Coach Cheryl's first year and that, you know, after three seasons of losing the Egg Bowl, that the positive result was, was definitely going to come Mississippi State's way. Just, just looking back at, you know, how you felt about your team coming into that game, how, how confident were you in the locker room? Well, it's a complete attitude change when Coach Cheryl was there. It was a sense of confidence and just the um, attitude that this is what you should do, just go do it, uh, rather than hoping and wishing. And we, we need a turnover or two to win this game. We need a big play. Uh, we felt like we were good enough to win. And in the locker room, uh, I think people were positive. We knew it would be a battle. This, this game 
it doesn't matter who's favored, uh, emotions are high, that, that tends to uh, be uh, pretty consistent throughout the game. A lot of these games, people talk about, well, you know, that emotion and all that talk after the first three plays, it's all out the door. And that's really not the case uh, in this game. There's, there's a lot of uh, emotion um, happening underneath that pile throughout the game. And, of course, there was some emotion between the two head coaches because in the offseason after Coach Cheryl was hired, uh, Coach Brewer at Ole Miss, they, they, they had some shots in the media between each other. Did Coach Cheryl – what was his relationship like with, with Coach Brewer? Was, was it sort of for show or was there some palpable – you know, they didn't like each other? Well, I think a lot of things that Coach Cheryl did – in fact, I know a lot of things that Coach Cheryl did uh, was for show uh, – uh, and, I, and I'm saying that in a, in a good way. He uh, was doing things that coaches, you see coaches do today in terms of media manipulation, that sort of thing, uh, that's commonplace today. But back then, it really wasn't that common. And uh, there was a lot of that for show. And they had a mutual respect for one another. In fact, I um, had the chance over the last many years um, – as some of your listeners may know, uh, Richard Cross and I happen to live in the same town. Sorry to hear and that. I know, I know, I know that, uh, that uh, you know, we, we, we see each other quite regularly. And, of course, um, uh, Richard uh, is a slight fan of Ole Miss, uh, I should say. And, and it's very supportive of them. He likes to rib me uh, when – something goes wrong with Mississippi state, but I can give it right back to him. But, uh, we, uh, living in Oxford, uh, I had the opportunity to have breakfast quite a bit with coach Brewer, uh, uh, up until his passing. And, uh, those were some fun times reliving games like this, uh, talking about the rivalry and different players and different plays and what we went through and, when you hang it up and after it's all over with, you get a different perspective. And I think uh, both Coach Cheryl and Coach Brewer had that different perspective long after the fact that uh, – or long after the time frame that we're discussing today. When you when you think back on this game, are there any plays for you, maybe a play you made or a play just made in the game that, still, that you still really remember vividly? Well, uh, it's, uh, during one of those – breakfast outings I had with coach Brewer we used to discuss his offense and in particular one play is interesting to me because I wanted to be able to diagnose what the offense was trying to do to us throughout the game and predict what was next and it it usually takes a while during the game but for whatever reason I lucked up into figuring out what their hot color was for the day and so when the quarterback was calling plays, they usually had uh, what we termed back then as a check with me play. You know, you call a play in the huddle. There's two plays called. He goes to the line. If he gives you this hot color, maybe it's red that day, maybe it's black, whatever, and then calls a number, you uh, figure that the offense knows which play to run. And so they had called a couple of trap plays early on, and I picked up their hot color. And so I knew that the inside trap play for them was, was 41. 
And so, which is your uh, number? Their right? offensive, co- well, well, yeah, that was my number. But uh, the offensive coordinator, it was a, it was a third and uh, short to middle um, uh, to the line of gain for first down, and the offensive coordinator was halfway out to the numbers, signaling the play. And I saw 41. I'm like, holy cow, they can't be calling that play right now. And so I told every lineman we had, they're running the trap. Right now, they're running the trap. You just get ready. When they down block, you just go eat the fullback. And they did, and they did not get – Ole Miss did not get the first down. And we, at that point, had control of the game. And so that sort of sealed the day that – and it was that sense of figuring out what they were doing and understanding their plays that made it uh, somewhat satisfying for me. We've only got about 60 seconds left, and, and this is a question that really needs more than 60 seconds, but we'll just have to make do. What's it like to hold that trophy aloft and, and know that you've got the job done? You know, after each game, I'll be honest with you, I never held any of the trophies. I was always just tired, just <laughs> tired, usually with a headache thinking about what I needed to do next. And it was fun celebrating. The other guys usually grabbed it and ran around with it. I joined them. But uh, if, to focus on your question, the satisfaction is enough. You, you don't have to raise the trophy. It's just knowing that you played hard, you did your best, there was a good game plan, you executed and you look up at the scoreboard at the end, and the proof's in the pudding. You don't need a trophy. You don't need to run around. You just look at the scoreboard. You're satisfied, and you can think about what you're going to do tomorrow. Great stuff. Daniel Boyd from the 1991 Mississippi State Bulldogs, and now living in Oxford, the smartest man in Oxford by far, by a long, <laughs> long way, in my opinion. Thanks so much for joining us here. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.